This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. I am unashamed. What about you? So I went to South Texas and visited Jeff and Jessica. And we actually, I wanted to give you an update because Unashamed Nation. They spoke. They spoke. They wanted a show. So what we did was, Jeff and I have been metal detecting. And we have, there's another character that will be if the show happens because we're, we're on schedule, which is Mr. Murray Crow. He's the the expert, and they what they do in the TV world, now that enough people spoke and said, yeah, let's do this. So I said, why not? Jeff's in. Mr. Murray said, I'm in. So you do what they call a sizzle, and then you try to, which is all that is, is an idea that you go show networks. networks. Yeah, and they say, yeah, that, that's that's a good idea. That's so, basically how, how we Duck Dynasty became a show. We that's right. had a sizzle. And most sizzles that you do, there's probably tens of thousands that are still on somebody's <laughs> you know, floor. Most sizzles <laughs> are rejected. They didn't sizzle. Most sizzles go zzz. <laughs> and Most or, sizzles never sizzle. Or they burn the bacon, you know. <laughs> so uh, I watched it. You know, they've had it for a little while, but right. I, I was like, these boys. Yeah, our crew put it together that does In the Woods and our podcast. So what we did, I was over at Jep's. So it's my daughter. Of course, Jep has three daughters that are right close to my daughter, which is, you know, they're all cousins, but they're best friends. Well, they had three of their friends there. So we're, what are we up to now? Seven, there's seven girls there from the ages of 16 to 18. And we said, y'all watch this. Wow, so you and, tried it out on a teenage oh, yeah. audience. That's I hadn't even seen it. I yeah. just said, is this something that you would watch? So I had no idea what, what I was fixed to see. So what they did was they had all of you, Unashamed Nation. That's how it starts. It's all these tweets and saying, do the show, Jace. We're, we're, we're all Emails. They're like flashing up on the screen. And I asked the question, if y'all want it, hey, let's do it. So they, I mean, well, that's good. Cool. So Unashamed Nation, you actually made the sizzle. That's pretty, that's they're it. actually in that's the sizzle. It. So awesome. then what we did, because most reality shows is all, they, uh, it, it's not real. You would think it's the word reality. So what they'll do is, because <laughs> a lot of people said, well, you're, you're never going to be able to take a. So you sound a, like news being fake news. It's like yeah, reality TV being real. It should be. <laughs> fatality <laughs> so uh so they said you're never gonna get a camera crew to follow you around and metal detect and they got a point because we'll go six eight hours and you're only finding a very few thing things that are significant i mean basically mr murray told me so that your show's going to be time lapse photography no here, so here's what i said and so they were saying well, how are we going to film y'all metal detect because i said you don't want to go do that I said, but since the coronavirus, people now are used to crappy footage. You don't have to have lighting and all that. I mean, I've seen news anchors, you know, where their kid come in at their house and they're like, oh, do you want to go to commercial? And they're like, ah, go with it. You know, they're like, mama. So, and I, it, it, that's real. And yeah, people right. like it. So yeah. they're like, okay. Cause it's they're fine. all, they're all doing everything from their house. Okay. You know? What, why we have to get up and dress like, you know, and go Bam- into a studio. Bambi and be like, breaking today. You know, you remember the news of your age, Walter Cron- uh, you know, What's his name? Cronkite. Cronkite. I thought literally as a kid that he was always there. <laughs> they would just, he never went home. He's just the man that doesn't sleep. But anyway. And by the way, since you brought him up, uh, Walter Cronkite was a hardcore liberal, but you would have never known it from watching his news coverage. Well, used to they used to 
So because he well, just look, reported the news. Well, he just what, reported the that's news. That's what he, they did. He you know? reported that, the news, left out the line. Yeah, but, and, and now in the current era, from huh. rather on, then it's all of a sudden they they're well, just giving you. The, oh, it's on both sides. Oh, it, I know. It, it, it's just everything is geared to inflame. Oh, this actually the current crop actually makes rather look a little conservative. Well, that's yeah. right. <laughs> but anyway, like a news guy. My point. My <laughs> point is, I said we'll just film it on our phones. Because I know when my detector goes off, most of the time, I'm like, ooh, this is going to be good. So we just filmed a little bit using our phones, but you couldn't even tell it. You know, the way these editors put it all together there. You wasn't thinking, oh, that's Jace. Like, I had my phone, and when I found that, eight, I found an 1898 half dollar. Because when the signal went off, I grabbed my phone because I wanted it to be real. Dug it up, sure enough, I didn't think it was a half dollar from 1898. So when I got it, I held it up. And, of course, I got the phone back at me. And, I mean, I'm not much of a cameraman, but I'm like, you know, I was just looking. I was thinking. I thought, well, I need to say something. So I said, whoever lost this is dead. <laughs> well, guess what? That made it. They put that in there. So, which the girls, when I said that, they laughed. So you were director, cameraman, talent, and writer all in one you know, one scene. That's and so what the, you get a lot of credits yeah, on this. And your show, crew, to their credit, they because a lot of stuff I found out at my old place, they yeah. got one of these, you know, little planes. What they call drones? Uh, drones. Yeah. So they like did a couple flybys with that. You know, so they, all of a sudden it looks like we're in you know, Raiders of the Lost Ark here, <laughs> <laughs> and it was actually pretty good. Yeah. So so it went off, and I I said, would y'all watch it? So they all now. I said, look, you're not going to hurt our feelings. If you thought that was the worst thing ever, I mean, this was... Sing out. You know, the love boat or whatever. <laughs> I love the love boat. The oh. love boat. No, I didn't. I didn't like that at all. <laughs> but I like Jace Fantasy is, Island. Jace too. is uh, giving me a, a small briefing, and as, and as and I'm learning as I'm listening to him on what the guy's been doing in his spare time. <laughs> Now, See, now you thought the whole time he'd just been doing the stock market. He's had a whole nother life oh, here. I, I didn't realize he's, he's on the move. <laughs> he's making TV. I don't know what that means. But so we got the show sizzle out. They'll pitch it. And then I'll report back to you. Oh, but one thing I wanted to say. Now, because my daughter's going to go to Christian school down there with her cousins. And uh, so I'm kind of, I have a dual citizenship i guess you would say you will now be a part-time texan yeah part-time i love Al. i call the reality show stint that i was a part of uh, (laughs) for about five years i call that an era that that i would never (laughs) go back and do that again ever well look phil unashamed nation spoke and look i wanted to let y'all know they did do something i thought was funny they labeled the three characters me, I'm the hunter, and they got that right because they interviewed us, which is how they, I think a reality show should be. Well, they I interviewed us. The interview bites on our show is what really brought it all together. Well, that's where they're getting their information because these people who are in these production companies, they don't know what the heck we're about. So they say, well, how do they know where to go with the show? Well, they interview you. They ask you questions. Right. They're like, why do you do this? I said, because I like to hunt. They're like, Jace, the hunter. Yeah. Well, they quickly figured out from Jelp that he's the rookie. He said, why? Because he came metal detecting my house, and all he had was flip-flops. He said, uh, you got any shoes? <laughs> so <laughs> I gave him a pair of my <laughs> shoes. Well, guess what? They they were still toe boots. Well, I thought he'd be smart enough to figure out to hold your metal detector <laughs> as far away from your body as possible. Or you'll Good. be metal detecting your boots. He, his boots. He spent two set. hours trying to dig up his own feet. And so he said, there's something wrong with this metal detector. Every time I get it by, I look, think he the said, word, look at this I think the word rookie was just being kind. That's being nice. He said, well, why would you give what about me the dunce? a pair of steel toe boots? I said, that's all I have. I'm not like a woman. Your wife's got 150 pairs of shoes. I got he's walking two. around detecting his own boots. That's what he did. So yeah. he's the rookie. And then Murray's the expert. He brought the meteorite. Uh, one of them he found. He sold one. I thought he sold it for more than what he did, but he sold one of them that he found for $14,000. I mean, he found a meteorite in a field. 
and sold it for 14 grand. It was about that big around. So that's how you get to be. He knew it was something special about the rock. He knew it was what from here. Yeah, that's that's uh, from the universe. That's from the galaxy. And people collect those things. So that's why I said they said, "Well, how did he become an expert?" I said, "When you sell a rock for fourteen thousand dollars, you're the expert. You're you're now an expert. You're you're not where Jeff is." (laughs) (laughs) And I would be willing to bet that Murray Crow has never shown up at a for a hunt. In flip flops. I mean, I'm just saying yeah. I, I could never. You no, know, Murray's out. interesting, and because uh, he was uh, one of the masterminds of the mojo, and uh, which is spending so he's he doesn't do it for money. He's got plenty, but he'll show up to a site. He's got like a bunch of different cars. There was some show that I can't remember where the guy would show up. One of the characters he was always in a different, different car. car. Murray's kind of like that. But what I did find fascinating about those girls who watched it, well, one of them said, "I love this show because I love history." And of course, Missy said, you love history. She's like, yeah, I just, I love, it's my favorite subject. And so she, and so I thought, well, you know, you don't have to be a metal detector to watch this. I mean, it was kind of funny. It was entertaining. But that's actually what you're doing is you find something and then you try to f- figure out what it is. Yeah. Like on this, this last trip. It's all around you, but it's buried. Which I always thought, yeah. you know, that show, uh, I watched a little bit, the one from Las Vegas, the pawn shop. You know, the, those guys. Mm-hmm. I always thought the most interesting thing about that show, I mean, they were characters and all that, but was the history of all oh, the items. Right. And I mean, that's they what would this go is. into those items, and I was fascinated. I mean, it drew well, me to their show. And right now, look, Jeff and I, the reason I went down there, I mean, I did this event, and I it was over at 10 o'clock. I drove, I got in uh, to where I, it, it jumps at like 2.30. Well, then we've been trying to get access to this church where I found this 1898 half dollar was right on the line of this church property that was built in 1850 or something. And it it had a sign that said uh, historical site. It was a hospital during the Civil War. And I'm like, yep, we need access to this place. So we've been trying for a couple months. They had a board. They had a board meeting. Oh, boy. Oh, yeah. And so Jeff <laughs> sent me the day that I came down. He, he said, come on, we got the church. So I'm like, oh, buddy. So I go on two hours sleep. We drive. It was an hour away from Jeff. Of course, the problem is so we you get, get there, in at 2.30 and then you're off at 5 Off at 5. And I metal detected all day. That next night I slept now. <laughs> but so we get there. Well, what they didn't tell us was through the years to make this look so pristine, they had brought in dirt and gravel. Well, they covered up all the treasure. So we all we found, Jeff found one old military button right out there close to where I found the half dollar. So it was kind of a bust, but then Jeff and I went to another place. He goes all the time. And so we're fine. And I found like nine modern quarters, you know, which, hey, $2.25. <laughs> but <laughs> Now you're going to be the rookie because yeah. that's, that's a Jeff move there. So then all of a the- sudden, Jeff <laughs> says, what is this? I hear him. He's like, oh, what, what, what is this? So what it was is we found when we Googled what this was, it had a little cross on it and a few numbers, and it looked it looked like gold. And uh, it was said to come off of a seventeen fifteen shipwreck gold from Mexico. Now it's either a replica or it's actually a coin from seventeen fifteen. And it's like not even like circular. It's it's it, and it looks old. I think it's a replica because why would that be laying around in South Texas? It was pretty deep and it is worn. So if Jeff, if that turns out to be the real thing, there Jeff, was a lot of interaction between the Texans and the Mexicans. Yeah. That's right. Oh yeah. But having said there. all that, that would be an interesting story <coughs> on the the show. Right. And so that's why we do these. Well, I, that's why, I mean, I think the potential's there. Yep. One is y'all are all comfortable because we've been on the show before to be entertaining, that part of it. But then the history of it, I think, would be amazing. If, and it, if, it, if it turns out to be gold, you need to wait till dark and go back out there and go back to that spot. <laughs> Trust me, if that's the real thing, I will spend the next month oh. <laughs> down there seeing if there's another one. I got the gold that right. may lead to a bigger stash. Well, they were. Sa- the we saw right what here. some of the people were charging for the real thing, and yeah, Jeff 
is, you know, Jessica's like, I'm telling you, that's real. <laughs> so we went over. <laughs> so all of a sudden, Jessica got super excited now, about We spent medical. two hours with a magnifying glass and a full-scale Google search <laughs> for this shipwreck. Ever gold. since my cousins were driving along on the Red River, and they looked up on the bank of the river, and on Red River, you have one side, the deep side, we call it, and the other side, the sandbars. They were on the, the steep side. And the, through the years, that bank would be caving off in huge chunks because this room it's fall off. It's probably still happening today. And, oh, yeah. And where the river had caved off, they saw something jutting out about 10 or 12 feet below the ground level. Hmm. A bunch of dirt gave way, and something was just sticking out about six feet, this object. And they pulled up there, and they turned the boat around and went back up there, and they said, that looks like a boat. That hmm. looks like a boat. Well, when they got close to it, they said, it's the, it is a boat. So they said, it's a P-Rogue, you know, which is a small Pointed boat on each end is about 10 feet long. Yeah, it's a Louisiana. So they were looking canoe. at the point of it and they thought, and looking at a few feet of it, and they said, Well, they said, Let's dig that out of there. So they started digging on both sides of this thing, and the further they went, the bigger the boat got. So they get it up in there as far as they can go, and they said, Well, we can't go any further. It'll all cave in on us. Yeah. So they went and told the landowner, the guy that owned the place, they were just over there fishing. They went and told the landowner, and he came down and looked at it. He said, boys, stand back. He said, but that that's, I think that's one of them, it's a, a boat that the Indians used. Really? Well, to make a long story short, they brought a barge up <laughs> from Baton Rouge, and they came up the Red River. They got up in the Red River, and they came up with a barge with a big pump and blowing, you know, water under a high velocity, and they just basically just started spraying that, had a nozzle, you know, tied onto the thing. They sculpted it They out. started blowing the dirt out around it. Well, when it ended up, it was one bull cypress tree that they had made the boat from. Long. I mean, the thing was like it would hold 30 Indians. Hmm. That's And the Indians had cut it down with stone axes, wow. sharpened it. And they got the, the, the meat of the tree out where they got in the boat. The sides were about like six inches thick. Whatever happened to that thing? It's in a museum in Baton Rouge down at oh. LSU or wherever. And there yeah. was, and there, but, but it was the fifth boat found on the North American continent still intact, the fifth one they found like that. But it holed 30 Indians. So when the Indians well, it says there, something about a cypress tree. The cypress tree. And they said inside the boat... They had gotten the wood out slowly by burning it out. It, looked, it was like charcoal kind of on the sides mm. and the bottom. They had slicked, they had, they had flattened the, the or bottom. Maybe they had a, flattened the bottom out, yeah. and it curved up, and they had pointed it with stone tools now and burned out the inside. Everybody jumped in with their paddles. But maybe that's why the boat was there. Somebody, One of the Indians got cold and tried to light a fire, and then next thing you know, abandoned <laughs> no, ship. They had went. burned out the inside so they could get in the thing, yeah, which, is pretty, pretty, <laughs> which is pretty pretty, uh, pretty interesting, you know. Let's take a, let's take a break. So recently I got a new computer, Dad, so I could operate in computer land. A new computer, a new something computer. that I've never experienced. <laughs> it was a, a thrilling moment for me. Uh, but actually, Zach, my cousin and business partner, bought it for me. Well, he didn't buy enough hard drive for the computer. I mean, it's not bigger than the one I had. So within two weeks, I'm trying to function here. Stuff shutting down. You're full. And I don't, I'm, you know, better than dad, but I'm not great at how to function. Yeah. So I found out about the cloud. Oh yeah. The cloud was, was my savior because I could take information that was cluttering up my computer and put it out into, as you call it, computer land, the cloud, which holds all my information. The internet. It's the That's internet. what they're calling the cloud? That's what they call the well, cloud. That's another word for the internet. I was like cumulus, cirrus clouds. <laughs> no. You would have never known the cloud, would you? Cumulus. So there's a, there's a, one of our sponsors uh, is a group that's called NetSuite 
uh, America, and um, they do. Uh, they basically function everything in the cloud. So these guys really know what they're doing. It's NetSuite by Oracle uh, is their name. They're the number one business in the world in a cloud business system. So if you have a company and you got financials, human resources, inventory, e-commerce, all these different things, you need to have some place with space, and that's what these guys do. And it doesn't matter whether they're a big company or a small company. 20,000 companies are using NetSuite. So we want you guys to check it out. Uh, if you go to their website, netsuite.com slash fill, you're going to receive a free guide that's called Seven Actions Businesses Need to Take Now. So they're going to give you a free product tour. Uh, check it out. You get the free guide. You get the free tour. netsuite.com slash fill and get in the cloud. Well, yeah, that was quite the find. That was your first cousins, right? The Mac, Mac and, and then, Mac and yeah. John Paul. Yeah, really interesting. So I never be- heard that story. Before we uh, get to John, so I want so unashamed nation. We we mentioned you guys uh, earlier in, in appreciation to you guys for responding to, about Jason's show, and you finally overwhelmed my email. Just just so you know, uh, so I've got a new email for all podcast questions because you you have overwhelmed my duck commander email and uh which i love hearing from you i just can't possibly return all the emails unless we split y'all check my emails when i get home so here's my new email and cole's gonna put it up so it's al at restorationproductions.net so that's gonna be the new email you got any podcast you got any podcast questions send it to al at restorationproductions.net and not to my Duck Commander account because I can't possibly get to my emails. They've, they've overwhelmed me. So, But it, it also speaks to how many new people are, are listening to the podcast. And, and I love hearing from you because, I mean, you're talking about lives being changed here. I mean, JC's a little of Dad, you don't get to see much of it. But, I mean, there are people making life change. We've had several families that have moved now to West Monroe. The latest was a, a son from New Jersey. He's going to be there Sunday for you to baptize him. I mean, they just said, you know what? We every week we 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 baptize them. Yeah, and he's like every week. He, he uh, I had multiple met, ten, I, twelve, fifteen. I hadn't met him yet, but uh, a guy at church sent me a text and said, "He these guys are like they've been locked up there in New Jersey under this crazy governor." And they're just like, you know what? We're going to one of the free states, and we might as well go to Louisiana because that's where the Robertsons are. I mean, like literally, they're like we're just hey. packing it up and moving it out. So welcome I think we're aboard. Gonna, I think we're going to see a lot more of that. So anyway, so. Any emails, send them to that address. Y'all ready to get into John 11? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So we left off last time with Dad uh, giving us some of the uh, the phraseology of the idea of falling asleep and what that means kind of as that came forward. Because Jesus introduced the thought here in John 11 when he spoke about Lazarus because he obviously knew what he was about to do. The disciples, nobody around him did. Well, it is good that he used the terminology He's not dead. He's just asleep. Right. Well, he was speaking of his body. We're body, soul, and spirit. Our soul and our spirit depart from our body. When our body wears out, it's, it dies. So you leave your body. You're alive. You're in good shape. I think you're conscious and you're with God. How, how could you not be conscious of the fact that you've made it? So whether we're at home in the body or away from it, we make it our goal to please the Lord. Well, if you're away from it, you're making, you know, you want to make an ever effort to please the Lord. That means you're alive. You just don't have your body, which that's not really that bad. Right. It's not the the other side of the thing, the ones well, reserved for hell. Now they they've got some problems. Well, we've, go ahead, we've said before on other podcasts, and I realize we have new people, so sometimes we have to remind you that you have this weird moment. I think it's in Matthew 17. You have the transfiguration where Jesus does this thing yeah. with his body, and you have these two people there with him, which was Moses and Elijah. Well, both of them died under, well, mysterious circumstances. Died. Elijah just left. But, but from their perspective, the people stand there who saw him leave, that was a mysterious circumstance to which you no longer saw him again. Moses climbed and, a mountain, and the and the Bible says that God buried him. Well, and, it says and that couldn't find his body. Well, but and then it, in it, Jude, it, right. a, there is a dispute in the book of Jude over the devil, over the body, body of, Moses. of Moses. 
And so you say, well, why are you bringing all this up? It, it's not, it, it can't be a coincidence that you have this weird thing going on in Matthew 17 where radiated bodies in some kind of... Standing on top of a mountain. Spiritual, you know, and Peter's like talking out the side of his mouth. Like, well, it's good for us to be here. Should we make a shelter? Yeah, let's build three shelters. Because he's like, nobody will understand. I can't believe what I'm seeing. Maybe we should buy a shelter. And and you got you two know. people supposedly who died thousands of years earlier. Jesus is standing there talking to. And they're them. all three having a conversation, and they're all glowing. Yeah. Well, then you have but, this, but they're instant, in bodies. You have this, they're in bodies. You have this instant where was it? Saul, maybe uh, they summon. Samuel from the dead. I may be getting these names wrong. No, you're right. And now, and they had some. He went is a witch of Endor. Yeah. Now you can look in your biblical encyclopedia and you'll see it. But when Samuel came back, he basically was aware, to your point, when he came back in whatever manner you want to give him. I don't know if it was his ghost but he he was spirit. He knew what was going on with life's events, and he also said, "You shouldn't have done this, because you and your children, for a couple of generations, they're doomed. Don't do this." And so I just thought it was fascinating that if you put all that together, and you put in the fact to where Jesus said when they asked him about marriage and the resurrection. I think that's uh is that Luke twenty out? Yep. Um, oh, by the way, it's first Samuel twenty eight. Is if you want right. to go back and read the story. First Samuel twenty eight is an Endor. interesting story. <laughs> it's a really interesting story. And then you have this Luke twenty. Cause you say, well, why are you setting all this up about the falling asleep and dead people? Because I think most people should be at least concerned about what's gonna happen the moment that you die. They should be very concerned. And this is great news. Because right now, all we got are lights and a tunnel. No, it's not It's not Luke 20. Where is that at? Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it is there. Well, that's one. Toward, toward I, I think I was thinking the parallel version of it, but this is fine. Yeah, it says, uh, you know, they came up with this situation about what if this woman is married multiple times, because in Jewish tradition, the brother of the wife's husband he would take over and so it's like what if he you know what if seven of them she was married seven times i think it's a fair question because yeah. people think that well yeah. whose wife would she yeah be? And what age will i be all, all these questions that come up will we all be like little kids and whose wife so all these questions come up now then at the resurrection this is 33 luke 20 33 Whose wife will she be since the seven were married to her? Jesus replied, the people of this age marry and are given in marriage. Those who are considered worthy of taking part in that age and the resurrection from the dead will neither marry nor be given in marriage. So it was, first of remember, all, these it's pe- different. These people yeah. that Jesus is talking to didn't believe in the resurrection. Yeah. They didn't believe in it. But I like this next verse, 36, and they can no longer die. For they're like the angels, I think, in that capacity. They are God's children, since they are children of the resurrection. And then he goes into this. He says, but in the account of the bush, even Moses shows that the dead rise. For he calls the Lord the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. That's why I brought up past people that were that, yep. that came back. Hang on, Jess. Let's take a quick break. So the tricky thing about home security companies is that most of them have high prices, uh, tricky contracts, lousy customer support. That's kind of been the thing for years. Uh, but we got uh, our group, Simply Safe, uh, who is uh, very simple. Uh, they send stuff straight to your house. You don't have to have a technician to put it up. And in the current era of you know what's been going on in our country, you need some cameras to protect your home. There's no doubt about it. So we want you to check these guys out. There's no pushy sales, no hidden fees. Basically, it's $15 a month, uh, and then you you know get your stuff and you get to put it up. So simplysafe.com slash unashamed. You get free shipping. You get 60-day risk-free trial. So it's a, a no-brainer. You get to try it out. Make sure that uh, it's something that uh, 
you that can work for you. Simplysafe.com slash unashamed. They're going to send your stuff. Check them out. Uh, it's going to be able to keep your home safe. I don't mind it being filmed that the dogs are chewing at your legs when you're coming in the back window. All my guard dogs are on you. And then the camera will show me repeatedly shoot you. I mean, I don't mind. <laughs> then it. you could have a, yeah. You know. That's what it'd be a bunch of dogs first. Well, I, then, could, then. I was going to say, have a laugh about it till you dropped in this <laughs> shooting shoot to death. And I thought, well, okay, maybe I won't. <laughs> so he finishes 38. He says, he is not the God of the dead, but of the living. And this is the, the key phrase, for to him, all are alive. So that's why when Lazarus, he can say, now whether that's funny, because I, I really, you know, people that say Jesus didn't have a sense of humor, I've already explained to you, God has a sense of humor because we're made in his image. And laughter is one of the and we have a sense yeah, of necessity of life. That's why the last podcast I talked about, look, if you ever wanted to break wind in public, now's the time. People have masks on. Go for it. Don't be uncomfortable. You say, is it funny? It should be. And so whether he's just saying he's asleep, I'm going to go wake him up because he's actually dead. Right. But to him, all are alive. Right. This That's why a lot of people who blame God for when something tragic happens well, to a being to where all are alive, it's just tragic to you. It, it, it's not over. That's right. So why are you getting so upset and mad at God? Because to him, all are alive. It's not over. It's over when he says it's over. By the way, the ones who turn against the Lord and God, and they said, let us break their chains, uh, just throw it in there, just, and I'll we'll be short. The one enthroned in heaven, God, when he's looking down on people scoffing at him and rejecting him, he laughs. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> the one enthroned in heaven laughs. The Lord scoffs at him. <laughs> so, yeah. He, I'm glad you found it. I, look, nothing makes me I mean, more it just came to my mind, but, you know, God does have a laugh. And one of the things he laughs at are when people shake their fists and say, you ain't there and you yeah. can't raise me from the dead and you can't do this. I don't believe in this God stuff. The atheist, he's laughing at them. But nothing makes me more upset. Y'all been in them. I, I've spoken at them. Where you go into a church building, God doesn't live in buildings. Right. And you go in there, and it's like a funeral. That's, it's not a funeral. I mean, nobody would dare laugh, you know. I mean, it, it's just because it's somehow they read the verse where you do everything indecently. In, in order, whatever that... In which, decency and order. In Jace, have you ever order. spoken to groups where you couldn't get a laugh out of them? Yeah. Who's that old comedian, that old guy? You know, boy, that's a tough crowd. Rodney Dangerfield. Oh, Rodney Dangerfield. <laughs> he used to say... Tough whoo, crowd. Tough crowd. <laughs> well, I've gone to events before, because you got to remember, I'll say something that everybody laughs at, so I go over here and make a notation. Funny. <laughs> I didn't know it was funny. <laughs> but And so... You do it again at the next event, they all laugh. You go to the next, they all laugh. Then you go to one, nothing. Now you're like, you know what? It's not me. Because <laughs> I, was, I was just. I got three out of four that laughed. Yeah, I was just at three other places, and they thought that was the funniest thing they've ever heard, and none of you cracked a smile. You people need to repent. <laughs> you're too uptight. <laughs> I spoke at a, I spoke at a group one time in southern no in northern florida and uh and there's I, a lot of rednecks in northern florida a lot of rednecks so i preach the gospel to them and no one no one at any time uttered any sound and no one at any time even moved they just sit there <laughs> that, well i went back in there after <laughs> I, after it was over i walked by and i went back in the back to get me a cup of coffee and there was a woman making coffee there she said mr robinson I want to apologize for the men of North Florida up here. She said, but just remember this. If you had been Jesus himself, you would have received the same response. So she thought you should have got a little she more. She said, even huh? Jesus, he'd have never, they'd have never buzzed. You know, I've thought some of these people, if they make it, 
they get up in heaven, they see Jesus. It's it's a grand. Everybody celebrating. I'm like, are you gonna, are you gonna celebrate then? You know. Yeah. But by I the mean, way, Jace, clear up the part about the last statement. For to him, all are alive. When he's speaking yeah. of people who say, "Well, they're passed on. We lost him. He's passed away. He's gone," mm-hmm. uh, and they cry. Because but, but, but children because of the matter, resurrection, matter cannot be created or destroyed unless you're God. He is life, and so here you are. He knows how many hairs are on your head, and you're like, "Well, I, I'm dead. It's over." No, it's not over. Not over at all. You, you're gonna have a meeting. It's actually with your in maker. God's eyes. It's a beginning, not an end. Yeah. And remember, he loves everybody. Remember Second Peter? He loves everybody and and wants all to come to repentance. So, yep. you know, it's hard from our perspective. We see people who are enemies of God, and, and we see them as, like, oh, man, these people are terrible. But God loves everybody. He wants everybody to come to repentance. Right up until the moment you're here and then you leave there. So you remember John 5, though, Dad? All will be resurrected, some to face judgment, Others yeah. to live for eternity. That's so what I was looking for. By the way, on that topic, 5. one of the questions that was asked was the guy who said, how, who wrote us and said, how, how do you know you're really going to make it? Remember that? Right. What What was the question he asked? What, uh, wasn't that bad? Well, we were going to do that on the next podcast. But anyway. Yeah, something like that. So look, just know? remember this. After When I read that Second <laughs> Corinthians 5 while ago, the last thing that said that, uh, so we make it our goal to please him whether we're at home in the body or away from it, whether your body's in the cemetery and your soul and your spirit there with God. The reason it's a pertinent point out is watch what he says. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ that each one may receive what is due him for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. The point is when you're away from God, your soul and spirit and your body's in the cemetery. They've had your funeral, but you're still alive. But the good news is if you're with Jesus because of the way you operated on planet Earth, the good news is you know you've made it. That's right. Your body's in the cemetery, but you're aware that you have made it. Which is why we always say that once people leave here. It makes you be uh, very careful. We always say people leave here as believers wouldn't want to come back, and that's true because they know what they know now. That's right. Let's take another break. So I don't know. We, we've uh, we've been doing podcasts about falling asleep. Maybe maybe we talk a lot about sleep with a lot of our sponsors. Jay's we got yeah. we got uh, mattresses, we got couches, we got and then and one of our uh, one that's been around for a while is Bowling Branch, which makes great sheets. Uh, I just mm-hmm. got they just sent me a set uh, recently, and we had we had already used them before could They're, you tell a difference oh my knew we talked about the resurrection and going to sleep and all these sleeping entities get me a said. couple of them sheets huh? all right i will get yeah. you some bowling branch I, I tell you it, it's it's like the underwear i was telling you about it's life-changing so the, uh bowling branch is a family-owned business uh which we love that because that's how we started out um and it's a great blessing uh for us to have companies like this that are part of uh, what we're trying to do here on unashamed so here's what you do uh, you can try them for a month risk-free, uh, which is another great thing. So in other words, if you don't love them, uh, you can send them back. But you will, trust me. So uh, you go to bowl, B-O-L-L, and branch.com, bowlandbranch.com. You enter the promo code Roberts, and you get $50 off uh, your set of sheets. So that's a great deal. Check them out, bowlandbranch.com, promo code Roberts. I wanted to read your John 5, 28, 29, which we've gone through that before, but it says, don't be, do not be amazed at this for time is coming when all who hear, all who are in their graves will hear his voice and come out. Those who have done good to rise to live. And those who have done evil rise to be condemned. Yep. So that's why I said, I read that story to him all our lives. That's it's, right. it's not over. We that's, don't want you to <clears throat> grieve like the rest of men who have no hope. We don't want you to be ignorant about those who fall asleep or to grieve like the rest of men. That's who have from no, 1 Thessalonians 4. 4.11 right. and 4.13. Right. 
and then it says, we believe Jesus died and rose again. Right. So we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. Well, the only thing they could be bringing if your body's in the cemetery is your soul, your spirit. Right. And as it turns out, you're reunited with a resurrected body that will live well, immortality has is, has just taken place, right. and that's the hope, and that's the promise, and that's the guarantee. So, I'm looking at it like, well, you said before, you don't have many year, many years to live. I'm like, oh, I'm just fixing to begin to live on the other side, right? On the other side. So, it's a comforting thing, huh? Yeah, and then of course back to back to John 11, <clears throat> which Chase read this last time. We'll, we'll reread it again in, in the context of what we've been talking about today. When Martha, you know, she comes to him, and so she's responding like a sister would who just lost her brother. <clears throat> and you got to think about it. So from their perspective, when she and Mary are there and Lazarus is getting near death, and they're waiting on Jesus to show up because they know he can heal him. He's been healing people, you know, for a pretty good while now. Think about how they're feeling about this because they're like, will he hurry up and get here? Within two days, goes he that's, dies. That's the groaning part. Exactly. So she said her first thing in verse 21, she says, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Mm-hmm. I mean, which that's pain speaking, right? Because she's it's like, also every person's response to right. blame God or, in this case, their Lord. Right. Well, wait a minute. Because we look at death or, you know, sickness and death as like, well, wait a minute. I'm out here. We've been with you all along. Right. Why would you let this happen? Which I think is significant. People still do it. Like you find out you got cancer and you're just like, well, I mean, God, you know, Mm -hmm. I thought you loved me. I thought I was. You are better off as a believer, a faithful believer, if you're on the other side. You know, you've made it. And you're like, boy, my worries have just ended. My pain is ended. My worries are ended. Whatever disease I had, whew, boy. When my so, daughter was diagnosed with the cleft lip and palate yeah. in my wife's womb, my first response, I thought, well, why in the world did this happen? Because I was thinking, where, where, where'd I go wrong? Living right. Where'd I go yeah. wrong? What? What? And I think a lot of that's coming from our pulpits. And so people, it, it they're... They're setting the tone for if you do everything right, you know, quote, quote, everything, you'll be blessed. Well, it's because, guys, 2,000 years later, people still believe what the disciples did in John 9 mm-hmm. when it's like, well, what, who, who messed up that this happened? What you saw yeah. on the trans, at the Transfiguration and what Jace talked about where Jesus and, and Elijah and Moses are are standing there in bodies on top of a mountain just talking it over. You say Let's have a little combo. Say the I, the reason I believe God put that in the Bible is so that you could look at that and say it was just Jesus saying this is where you end up. Right. We're it sitting here we're like sitting that. over here we're talking it over <laughs> right. and you've got your bodies. It is one of the strangest things in the whole Bible. I know. So it. so, so but here's Martha. So she speaks out in pain, as Jay said, we all do, because you get bad news. She's hurt. But then look what she comes right back to. I mean, you talk about a pivot. But I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. So she concluded, even though I'm I'm upset that you allow this to happen. That's exactly right. I, that, where do we go from here? So then mm-hmm. Jesus says, your brother will rise again. So look where she immediately goes to in verse 24. Martha says, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. But that, I find that fascinating because they didn't really, Jesus hadn't been raised yet. So she's already from being around him. Right. Has, she has a concept. She of has concluded. And remember but, some of the Pharisees But they were running too. with the disciples. And when Jesus repeatedly <laughs> said, I'm going up to Jerusalem, I'm going to die. Well, we just read it in John 5, but Phil. But but if that was true, then how come they all abandoned him when he actually died? Because well, they had second thoughts. Well, <laughs> because they still couldn't quite believe it. That's right. But I think she got now, after the resurrection. They all believed it. That's right. But, is, but you which, know, Jason, if somebody tells you, he said, "Guys, look, 
I'm fixing to go with Peter Drews. I'm going to die. Yeah. I'm going over to Shreveport. And look, they're going to kill me. Yeah. And then, you know, but between, don't worry. they're going to bring in law enforcement and all these crooked politicians. They're going to kill me and they're going to bury me. But in three days, I'll rise from the dead. If I told y'all that, you would say, Dad's going off his rocket. Yeah. He's, he's nuts. That's what they That's said. Well, they, they thought they knew Jesus, but when they heard that, that all, even Peter jumped up there one time and said, wait a minute, that's never going to happen. You'll never do Like that. he's yeah. going to defend him. Yeah. Well, like Thomas here. Yeah. Well, yeah. Let's go and die. Let's all go die. It, it shows you, uh, Jace. The man who didn't even believe it was Jesus. That I'm not going to say... It, it's not possible because we all believe in the resurrection. And guess but what? It is they a, think we're just as crazy. Well, I know it. And 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 but but just think about it. the human race, Al. That's one step too far. They just can't quite. Yeah, the resurrection it, is the litmus test because to them, every time they saw something die, oh, they stayed dead. But in this case, he said, "Oh, I'm gonna die in three days." I mean, but he said it matter of factly, and he said it over and over and over. Well, when it all ended. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they tell the story. He did die. Right. He was buried. He was resurrected. But Al, he'd been saying that over and over from he, the beginning. In his in his defense, well, he'd been saying something. Let's, let's take one last break. When I was in South Texas the other day, Jeff took me to play golf after the metal detector. And, uh, you know, I, I've, I've said many times, uh, it's not sinful to me to drink, but, you know, drunkenness is out. Unless yeah. I'm at a place where everybody's drinking, and then I don't, just because you don't I want to fall in line. With yeah, them. I want to set the tone, you know. And so they had in the middle of this golf course, they just had an open bar. You just go up there, and you know it's a pretty swanky deal. We went through a couple gates to even get back here. Love the course, all that. But this guy, yeah, he's tattoos all over him. Not that that means anything, but he was the bartender, you know. And he's like, "What can I get you?" And I was like, "Uh, give me some water." And he's like, no, man, look at you. He was looking at just the way I look. Yeah. He's like, I know you're getting crazy. I said, no. <laughs> <laughs> you're the nutcase. Yeah, he, he was reading your book, Jason. Yeah. He's like, I tell you By what, the way, like, I baptized, profiling. <laughs> uh, not before last, I baptized a dude, and he was a drummer in a rock and roll band. We converted one of the band members two years ago, and the band member that was converted started sharing Jesus with, with the drummer yep. so, and the drummer, when he, when he, he, they called me up, they said, well, on our way down, are you, can you baptize this dude? I said, Oh yeah, bring him on. I had a big jambalaya fix for others that day, but I said, get in there on that jambalaya boys. <laughs> they were from Michigan or somewhere up North. I don't know. But anyway, the drummer, he looked exactly like what you would think a rock and roll <laughs> drunkard's head. So there was two or three of them. I said, I don't know, you know, drum, I don't know, rock and roll band. I'm like, for God's the love of the world, he sent his only begotten son. Whoever believes in him, I said, even the rock and rollers, even the drummers. Yeah. So I baptized him in the river, and, and the great news was he cried. Yeah. Well, this guy, That's Phil, awesome. he said. It was, a, it, was a good, it was a good baptism. He said, no, seriously. And I went, no, seriously. And I used my famous line. I said, no, man, I'm high on Jesus. And look, he looked up at me. Everything stopped then. I said, the resurrection. And look, his eyes started going like back and forth. <laughs> it, it just like did it like five or five or six times. You were watching a pinball machine, he's, right? He's, he's trying to process. His eyes were like, well, this, this dude is crazy. So got back in the car. Well, everybody kind of got tickled. But the guys I was playing with, of course, you know, everybody but Jeff, you know, they just use them four-letter words. Oh, yeah. But I noticed after that, Instead of like saying the F word, they just they just said F word. Yeah, yeah. They, they, yeah. The guy went, I mean, F word that, and I was like, okay, so they were you heard me? Yeah, they were self. They... <laughs> me and Jeff got so tickled about it. That's, he said, I've never weird? heard that before. He said how he and he kept doing it. He I've would, had a many a person visit the old duck call shop in the old day, and they're using filthy language until I brought up Jesus, yeah. and I never heard another one, not a one. It just stopped. Well, we heard them, that. but we never heard the word. It yeah. was it was just like effing. Yeah, he would say that, yeah. and I thought, well, it's something. It's a, it's a step in the right but Jeff direction. Jeff said, "Isn't it weird how they think you're offended?" I mean, look, I. I'm like, if somebody's not in Jesus, or even if they are, they have a It doesn't surprise problem. you. They're going At to 50 years old, you know what? 
I'm not, it's not, that's not influencing me. I'm not, I've never used that lane. I'm not going to go out and cuss my wife. Cause I heard the guy say it, you know, three, it just, yeah. it ain't going to happen. Maybe when I was younger, <laughs> but I, you know, just a few words, whatever. But Jeff said, it's weird how the subconscious, they heard that weird encounter with the bartender and then everybody thought oh we gotta clean up our language <laughs> we at least gotta what, what sanitize it a little what bit. is that and somebody all, said resurrection <laughs> one statement the resurrection crazy and then it affected everything around you so i, I do want to say that just from a practical thing that's where you want to have those conversations yeah out there in the world you know when you're you're not having some theological debate in a church building trying to figure this out. You want to affect somebody's life, you bring it up where where it's more difficult in real life because everybody deep down, what do they know? I'm going to die one day. Yep. It makes them nervous. And yep. if you don't believe it does, why were they acting like that? That's right. Yep. You're right. So so let me read this. We're about out of time, but <clears throat> I want to read this statement again because Jace read it last time. His response to Martha saying, you know, I know he's going to rise at the last day. Jesus says to her, and I love this. This is one of my favorite verses in the whole Bible. I am, and Jace, you talked a lot about the I am statements in the book of John. I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even though he dies, and whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? And then, of course, it shows her heart. She comes back in 27 and says, Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, the Messiah, who was to come into the world. So what I love about it is, is basically Jesus says, she says in the last day and Jesus knows he's about to raise him. And so we're going to have to do another one. Oh, we're doing it. Cause, cause there's a whole thing about comfort. I didn't even get to. So what he's saying is it doesn't last day today, yesterday, when you're the God of the resurrection and the life. I mean, in other words, when you can control people living and it goes beyond that any day, is the day. You know what I'm saying? You That's why to... my favorite verse in the Bible is Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, right. and forever. Because for fantastic. years I never understood it. Right. And once I got it, I'm like, oh, it's every day. It's yesterday, yeah. today, and tomorrow all wrapped up in one. That's why he said, I am. That's right. Which really should help us, as Dad said. It really helps you as you live your life every day and you get bad news or you get tragic things that happen. You make a mistake. You make a mistake. You sin like the the, the guy that asked us, how do you know? You know if you believe in him. And that was her old deal. And she did. She was rock solid in the moment. She expressed her human tendency to say, Lord, if you know, if you'd have just shown up, he wouldn't be dead. But then she comes right back and says, but you know, I, I know you got it. I, I know you can do all things. So she's, she's in that moment to me, it reminds us of all of our struggle. Yep, There's yeah. a brother at church right now that's got cancer. He's a good guy, Charlie. And I mean, he's just battling that thing day to day, you know, cause it's like, this is probably going to be it, but maybe not. And I'm getting a little bit better. And so my, my encouragement to in reminders, look, Charlie, if cancer is what takes you now, it doesn't take you. You're going to live forever. I mean, you got to just be locked in on that resurrection. I know it's hard when you're going through it, and probably with an audience as big as Unashamed, there's some of you having some tough stuff you're going through. But if you will live this verse, and like Jay said, you read this a week, and there's no way you don't come out changed, you know, and impacted forever. So, anyway, Hebrews thirteen eight. Jesus Hebrews thirteen Christ eight is the same. Yesterday. So, what, Jay, so you signed that when you signed it. That's why a lot of people are like. What does that mean? Yeah, I get that a lot. Yeah, I'm like, when you find out, your life will change. <laughs> the fact that this doesn't change, once you understand that, oh, then you'll change every day. All right, so we're not quite through with John 11, so we'll pick it up here next time. Thanks for listening to the Unashamed Podcast. Help us out by rating us on iTunes. And don't miss an episode by subscribing on YouTube. And be sure to click that little bell to get notified about new episodes. And for even more content that you won't get anywhere else, subscribe to Blaze TV at blazetv.com slash unashamed.